0: Please take your seats quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Passing Shot with Joel and Kim, supported by DownloadTennis.com. On today's Wimbledon Round 1 catch-up.
1: Andy Murray wins with a wobble.
0: Serena forced to retire against Sasnovich.
1: And Sloane Stevens beats Petra Kvitova in the battle of former slam champs.
0: Kim what a dramatic opening couple of days we have had at Wimbledon rain has completely wreaked havoc on the schedule and although we've said this is a Wimbledon round 1 catch up i mean we have to caveat that and say it's probably about three quarters of a round one catch-up.
1: Yes, we've had a lot of cancellation of matches, a lot of postponement players who have tried to play their first round match over two days now and not got it done still, like Gail Monfils. Are you talking about Gail Monfils? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so they're going to be, I mean, Novak will probably be into the third round before most of the players have done their first round matches, which, you know, there are lots of uh, headaches i'm sure for the schedulers at the moment with trying to fit all the matches in and get them done you know as soon as possible um i was at wimbledon today and yeah we had rain for about four hours so it was slightly frustrating at times but um you know it kind of came out from about sort of five thirty-six and has actually remained rain free after that point so um a, a few matches were able to start start up again
0: Yes, it's not been you know, after seven hundred odd days of of no Wimbledon, um and no you know no tennis at SW seventeen
1: SW nineteen Joel
0: oh sorry I get my postcodes mixed <laughs> up yeah you know. how can you not I'm know that? so late <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's it's been so long and yeah I guess it's, this is not not obviously the ideal start but I mean there's as the saying goes you know there is no there's no Wimbledon there's no British tennis. Without rain, and it's just a part of it. And thank God, I think, for roofed courts at Wimbledon on Centre and Court One. Otherwise, I think we would have been in a real kind of spot of bother going into you know the the latter you know rounds of the first week. The weather is meant to get better, so I'm hoping that we can you know play catch up. Yes, the schedule isn't ideal. I think, for example, Belinda Benchich has got her round one match after two best of five set men's matches uh you know tomorrow so there's going to be some yeah funny quirks i think but we do have some tennis to to talk about and in classic catch-up fashion uh for grand slams we're going to be starting with day two and we'll come on to day one uh, and talk about andy murray um afterwards as well but um yeah let's start let's start with today's action because rain really has been i think the talk of the talk of everyone really and particularly i think how it has affected the courts uh, and particularly centre court and you know there were warning signs you know on 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 uh, you know day one you know we saw players kind of slipping and sliding like Djokovic and Murray on uh, you know on centre and unfortunately it has you know caused two retirements um, in kind of the the headline matches um, on centre court today Roger Federer against Adrian Manorino and then Serena Williams unfortunately against Sasnovich. Let's start with Roger Federer because you know, he came through this match against Manorino. Um, you know, it was two sets all. Manorino didn't feel like he could go on because of a a slip when he was kind of split stepping in kind of midway through the fourth set. And you know, I think Federer, Federer will look back on this and this this really felt like a get out of jail card I think for for Federer.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you're going about to go into a fifth set and your opponent suddenly retires, then that is just the best stroke of luck. I think you can have, because I was actually seriously considering that Federer might, might lose, uh, in the first round. And, um, I thought, well, his decision to withdraw from Roland Garros and, and not play on is, uh, yeah, come back to bite him on the bum if, if he had have done and, and lost today. But yeah, really unfortunate luck for, um, Manorino, because like you said, it was a sort of freak accident slipping on the court. And you know, I, I wasn't, I watched the first set uh, during the rain delay, and then I wasn't able to actually sort of see um, the bit of the match where he slipped. But I could see that the, the live scores had frozen for a long time while he was getting kind of treatment on court. And I thought, oh, something funny is going on there. Um, and then, yeah, it, it just, you know, he ha- he had to to pull out. He um he he could not he could not carry on. Um and as we'll get on in, in a bit, you know, this was not the first uh incidence of that today. I guess it is difficult, you know, going onto grass after, well, two years away. It, I mean, I know Manorina has been playing the warm-up events, but maybe it, it is easy to forget that some movements perhaps, you know, are a bit different on grass and you do have to allow for that. And it can be Maybe easy to forget um, that grass is such a unique surface. It it does play different, and it can lead to you know these sorts of injuries and accidents, and you know awkward slips and bounces.
0: Yeah, there is definitely a I think a debate going on at the moment. Um, you know, looking at these slips, whether you know who who's to blame here is this is this the fault of the court? You know, is the, the, is there moisture in the air when there shouldn't be, or you know, they're playing on courts that are, are too dangerous? Is is one argument. Um, the other argument, I guess, is with regards to you know players and movement, and you know, this is one of the things uh, you know on on grass courts, and you know, the fact that you know we've spoken about the the fact that the grass court season is so short that that transition, you know, that acclimatization going from clay to grass. Is maybe it's too, it's dangerously short at the moment because, you know, players haven't got the time to get used to how this surface plays. You know, Sissipas found that out on, on day one. And, you know, maybe there is, there needs to be more bedding time, uh, you know, to get used to how, you know, a grass court operates before, you know, maybe we, so we, we have, we mitigate and we reduce these sorts of situations happening because I think the most kind of disappointing thing is that, you know, it's robbed us of, you know, it's robbed us of a, a fifth set of a, a match that was very tentatively poised, um, you know, with, with Federer versus Manorino and we'll come onto it as well. It's robbed us of a, you know, a match with one of the greatest of all time in Serena Williams. But I mean, Roger Federer up to that point, just kind of that retirement aside he did show kind of levels of rust there i think we have to set you know have to admit um that we you know saw i think in in haller and you know particularly kind of the unforced error count in set 2 and set 3 was was not great and although he was managed to pull it back in the the fourth set um you know it was again it wasn't it wasn't the situation that that Federer would have wanted to find himself in and although you know, Manorino is a very awkward opponent. I mean, Kim, we we both watched him. Um, you know, at Queens, he's got a very flat, flat style that I think you know skids across on the, on the surface, and I don't think it allowed kind of Federer to find his momentum. But it's still not not the greatest start if you're a Roger Federer fan.
1: Yeah, especially that second set tiebreak. I think it was four straight forehand errors from Federer. And Manorino went six one up uh, very quickly yeah. in that and you know, obviously led to him then um, kind of breaking at the start of the uh, the third set and and clinching that, that third set as well. So, yeah, I mean, obviously Federer, you know, he's only played two matches on grass coming in. I think he's only played like eight matches this whole year. Like he's bound to be rusty and, you know, but we were saying in our preview pod that he would need to try and come through with, with relative ease and not become embroiled in long matches if, if his fitness and, and you know is, is, is a concern perhaps in the latter stages so I mean he's got Richard Gasquet next who I mean that is a, a former semi-final uh between the two of them you know and we've got that in in the second round so maybe quite an interesting matchup I I would expect Federer to win but having you know seen him today bit iffy um you know, he might drop he might drop a set to Gasquet and, and become embroiled in, in another long match. So I think he's yeah, he's been very lucky tonight with his his opponent um, you know, just having to withdraw.
0: Yeah, I think I think everyone will have to, you know, look at that performance and think if if he is going to make it into the second week, he is going to have to up his game, I think, quite quite considerably. And I think, you know, his head to head against Gasquet is very, very favourable. Um and, you know, maybe maybe he should kind of come through that but it it feels like with roger federer at the moment even even on a grass court at wimbledon uh, on center court it it feels like you know sort of like andy murray we we're having to take these matches you know one one round at a time there is no there is no kind of given at the moment and i guess that's what makes it quite exciting um you know i think Yeah, previously I think with Roger Federer at Wimbledon, it's also he's been he's always been too invincible. Mm. I think in kind of week one and this sort of vulnerability that he has, it adds it does add an extra edge, doesn't it, to these early round matches? And there is that real tangible feeling that maybe he could go out, or there is an upset on the cards, and that I think is going to add potentially make these matches more compelling and sort of more, you know, more dramatic when perhaps, you know, a few years ago it would have just been you know a very conclusive straight sets finish. Yeah, it would
1: have been completely routine and, and there is when you're there as well, <laughs> there is such a buzz in the in the you know grounds mm. when there's an upset on the cards and everyone's sort of, you know, checking the scores. Um so yeah, I mean you could also like the the fans at you know at you know Wimbledon Centre Court, they absolutely love Roger so that's just honestly you, you think that um I honestly sometimes feel like they would support Federer over Andy Murray because they're just so, um, mm. <laughs> they, you know, you could just, the, the roar when he'd like saved a break point today, just escalating around the stadium, uh, around the whole grounds was, you know, <laughs> amazing. So, but yes, certainly for a neutral, it is a bit more interesting if the top seeds is obviously a challenge uh, early on. Um, one top seed and I guess favourite for the title one of the favourites potentially, you know, was Serena Williams. Um, And, you know, we were saying about the slip that Manorino had. I, I guess arguably Serena's slip, you know, in terms of her potential to go deep in the tournament. And, you know, she was chasing history. She is still trying to get that elusive 24 slam. And, you to, to have that kind of ended so cruelly today by just, you know, a, a stroke of bad luck and an, another slip, um, she really wasn't able to carry on. She was, you know, in tears. It was awful to see. And it was just, I mean, it's just a major shame um that she's had to pull out, you know, in, in this way so, so early on.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was the, I think it was only her second mid-match retirement ever um, the last one came over two decades ago at Wimbledon in 1998. Just shows you what an athlete and, you know, competitive she is. She never, you know, wants to, you know, she never wants to be in this situation. She's never had to be in this situation, really. And it's, yeah, it was desperately kind of sad and upsetting scenes. You know, all the fans on the court, uh, you know, were giving her a standing o- ovation. You know, she was being a true kind of champion, and you know, acknowledging that. But yeah, it was just really, it was really frustrating because you know she was three-one up, looking good, and all of a sudden it went completely pear-shaped again. I think there was a, she was sort of leaning back on a on a ground stroke, um, obviously at the back of the court, and you know, felt something, and. It just sort of unraveled from there, and it was interesting to hear Saznovich say in her kind of press conference afterward. Afterwards, that she felt her her movement, her mobility was also hindered. She said that she wasn't going to go for any kind of shots if if Serena had hit on the angle. Um, and again, it feels like if 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 your opponent is saying that, then maybe the court was maybe I mean, arguably too, da- too dangerous and should not have had a you know match played on it until they. Did some sort of testing or made sure that it was absolutely as, as dry as possible because although we I think you know there are some people out there who might say it is bad luck the fact that it happened twice in a row that 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 feels like maybe there's something there's something kind of going on there and you know particularly under the roof um, I think a lot of I think some players are you know talking about I think Roger Federer was saying in kind of his post-match press conference the, f- the the roof conditions operate differently to no like outdoor conditions and whether that means there's more moisture sort of lurking in the air maybe that's maybe we're seeing that with these you know with these two results
1: well i was wondering if they didn't put a match on after serena's you know retirement because maybe like you think they've got so many matches to get through, surely you would put one on center court. You can play till 11 pm, but maybe they, I mean, who's, thought,
0: who's gonna want to play on center? Well, court yeah, now? maybe like, they thought, we player, can't. let's be honest.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting.
0: It's <laughs> probably like, don't put me on center, put me on number yeah, one. Yeah, no,
1: that could be like, I'm not you refusing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I mean, when I was out on the outside courts, uh, we started up on court 12 and Shapo- Shapovalov was, um, sorry, Shapovalov. I'm so tired, Joel. I've just got in and it's been a really long day. Um, <laughs> um, Shapovalov was moaning. I mean, he quickly lost the, the first three points and said, oh, it's way too wet. You know, it's it's sodden, basically. But um, they carried on. But I know um, in the bear anderhal match, they were very late to start up again because they were, they. I think one of them was refusing to, to start up because it was just too slippery still. So it wasn't necessarily just on on centre, um, obviously, which does have a roof. So I don't know whether it's the rain or just the, the courts being very slippery at the start. I don't know.
0: <laughs> just talking about kind of Serena and, and the way, you know, the manner of of how it unfolded, obviously very sad. You know, there's obviously, there's always, I think, going to be rumours in the air about, you know, was this her last Wimbledon? And, you know, particularly seeing how it ended, we obviously hope, you know, she's going to be back next year because no one wants to see you know, a champion of, of Serena Williams's calibre, go out on, on such a whimper like that?
1: No, hopefully she'll be back. Uh, obviously, we have no idea what the next year is going to bring. Um, Obviously, Federer, you know, we just don't know with Federer, Serena, Murray. Like, there's so many players, isn't there, that, that kind of, I want to say, at the end of their careers, you know, potentially every passing year is their last year on tour. We just don't know. So let's hope that she can go out on her on her terms as she she wants um I mean her sister's still her sister's still going strong her sister was in the draw um and won today she had quite a long match against Bosonescu on court uh three I think it was um so that was nice that she came through um and got that done I think before the rain as well um and I I think Venus Williams is playing double uh, mixed doubles with with Nick Kyrgios is that right Joel? Or did I dream that? Yep, okay. Yep,
0: yep. That is. <laughs> I wasn't hallucinating. <laughs> no, you absolutely did not. Yeah. What <laughs> No. One of those sort of fantasy pairings that I feel like I feel like a lot of mixed doubles teams they just happen because like people say it on Twitter and it creates a groundswell and then the players are like, actually, should we should we do that? Because yeah, it's a bit of a fantasy booking, isn't it? Um. But yeah, the the Venus Williams match was was quite interesting. I think you know, obviously, for a forty-one year old to win. Uh, you know, a, a main draw at a slam is just incredible, uh, in itself. But, um, you know, there was a lot, again, a lot of chat about kind of the fact that Venus Williams was on court three. And, you know, I think we've, we've had these sort of debates before, but, you know, if you're a five time Wimbledon champion and you're being put out on court three on the first Tuesday, I mean, if, if you're Venus Williams, do you feel, do you feel aggrieved by that? Because, you know, there there are people I think would say out there who would who would argue that's no way really to kind of treat a, a five a five time Wimbledon champion by by putting them out on a on a on a court that you know doesn't really have the it's not really befitting, I feel, of a, a player of of Venus Williams's magnitude.
1: Yeah, I suppose I mean, if they had Kerber on court one, perhaps she could have, you know, been that, that lady's match instead. But Venus, you know, she's been given a wild card. Like, her ranking is very low. She hasn't had any form results. You know, I, I feel like they've got to balance it with the players in the here and now who are in form. You know, it's, yes, she's won it five times. But
0: you can't just have all the old-timers sort of hogging the spotlight. Yeah,
1: I think court three is appropriate. You know, it's the fourth, like, best court, if you like. It's still a show court. And I, I don't think she's done anything recently to to warrant, like, being put on, like, centre, for example. So I, I think court three is, you know, I don't see the problem um, myself. Um, maybe our listeners disagree. It's it's not like when they had the old court two, which was the graveyard of, of champions and people were put on there and then they promptly lost. I think that's sort of, you know, gone now um, when, when they rebuilt uh, two and, and created, like, the, the third, uh, you know, court three show court.
0: She is back on, on court one for her next round match. I mean, it's against Ons Jabeur who obviously has just won her first WTA title um on the grass that is going to be a very big test uh, I feel for Venus Williams and it's going to be I feel that like, like even though she is a five-time champion uh, in the singles um that is going to be if if she comes through that that is going to be very very impressive you you would certainly think Onsibor goes in there as the favorite
1: yeah i think certainly with with her form um I, I don't see venus especially having played today and then if she's back out tomorrow you know yes yeah, she's 41 recovery times are going to be a lot longer than they used to be so i'd definitely give the edge to to onsibor i mean you talked we talked about her playing mixed with kirios Kyrios is currently in a fifth set on court 1 as we're recording this I was actually at the start of this match, um, but I left. I didn't stay for the whole thing. And yeah, I mean, this this kind of had five sets written all over it. He's playing Ugo and <laughs>
0: Kim, the big question is: Are they going to finish before the curfew? Well,
1: exactly. They've got thirteen minutes or so to go, so it's, <laughs> it's unlikely because they're at almost two all in in the fifth set. Um, which just again, you think, why do we have this curfew? Could it not be, you know, midnight as opposed to eleven? Um, interestingly, I was not supposed to be on Court One today. I was I had tickets for Court Twelve, but there was a problem with the seats on Court Twelve. Uh, so. They, the seats were collapsing, uh, ad hoc throughout the day. And I think this was happening yesterday. So they deemed the court a health and safety hazard and moved everyone to court one. Um, so I managed to see a bit of Medvedev. He looked pretty decent. That was, that was a good match with, with Struff. Um, I kind of saw the, the last set of that, which was the most competitive part of the match. <laughs> I think the first two sets were quite one way. Um, and yeah, yeah, we got curious. So, uh, pretty, pretty decent end of the day after all that, all that pesky rain. <laughs>
0: Another, I think, kind of standout sort of match from from today that I think had part of a bigger kind of send-off, I think, with Carlos Suarez-Navarro versus Ash Barty. Um, Ash Barty came through. It was a little bit of a wobble in that second set. She lost the, the tie break, but she came through um in the end, relatively comfortably 6-1 in the third against Carlos Suarez-Navarro. Now, that was Suarez-Navarro's last kind of Wimbledon, her last kind of hurrah um it was very nice to see barty kind of um kind of stepping aside and kind of clapping her off court along with all the the crowd as well and um it was such a you know it was such a nice moment and although i think we've had moments of pure kind of drama today um you know not necessarily for the the right reasons we also had these sorts of moments where there it was just a very you know it was just very emotional you know just seeing you know, on the TV, seeing Carlos Suarez Navarro's mum, you know, documenting this on, on, on her iPhone as, you know, her daughter kind of walks off the court. And, um, you know, it was just such a, it was just such a, a nice and I think fitting way for, you know, a very decent, um, you know, Spanish grass court player um, to have her kind of final moments, I think, at, you know, at Wimbledon in, in a main draw of, of a slam. And, you know, we, we had the you know she had that match at the french open which was what put on at like (laughs) graveyard shift no fans cold dark miserable and that wasn't the send-off you would have wanted and i'm so glad that she was able to have the sort of this moment on center against the world number one you know i think it was just it was the right way i think you know for her to I think cap off her sort of her Wimbledon memories.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I'm glad that she got, yeah, the center court experience. She got the top seed. Uh, it was very sort of fitting, wasn't it? And I'm glad she got that second set as well. And although it was very one sided in, in sets one and three, it was really nice that she was able to save a match point that Barty hadn't and, and take it into a third um, to show, you know, show her kind of grit and determination, you know, right to the end. So yeah, she's been such a, a fantastic you know, player to have on the tour. She's very well liked and I kind of, you know, everyone just wishes her all the best, you know, with whatever she decides to do kind of going forwards. Um she's got her health, which is the main thing, um, like we hope, you know. Um so yeah, it was very nice scenes today on, on centre for the first match for sure.
0: And I mean just just wrapping up before we take an ad break, I mean just looking at some of the other sort of Highlighting, sorry, some of the other interesting results from today. Shapovalov came through Kohlschreiber in five oh, sets. I six s- Through
1: that, Joel. <laughs> six four in
0: the fifth. How was that? How was that? Because, you know, Shapovalov could potentially be a, a round three matchup for Andy Murray. So what were you, what were your thoughts on it?
1: Yeah, it was pretty even, to be honest with you, uh, which I think the scoreline reflects. Um, they went off for the rain delay like at 6-5 uh, to Kohlschreiber in that fourth set and then he broke as soon as they came back um, but I think yeah, Kohlschreiber just at times was a bit too inconsistent and you know, I think that's essentially what gave of the edge um, but no, it was, it was a decent it was a decent match, it was nice to see Kohlschreiber kind of Battling. yeah he's having a little bit of yeah uh,
0: you know he's he's definitely a thorn i think in in people's sides at the moment at, at slams he had a pretty decent french open um i mean perhaps more surprisingly kim seb corder alex de menor that did not go five sets seb corder was able to get it done uh in four uh he took that tight that four set tie break seven five um that was again very impressive uh pr- impressive win from quarter we sort of earmarked that out as a potential well, I had that earmarked out as a potential upset I think you were sort of disagreeing with me I thought you you thought that Alex de Minaur would come through that but the Corder family I think this week uh just riding wave after wave of high I think uh I think his sister's doing really well in the golf at the moment he's doing really well in the tennis um yeah I think he's going to be you know particularly in that section which I think is where the the sister pass sort of hole is um that is that is opening up for someone, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's already made a fourth round at Slam. So it, this could potentially be another, you know, moment for his career where he goes to that stage or perhaps, dare I say it further. Um, I, yeah, Alex de Manor, he's just won Eastbourne. I do wonder if there's always, you know, a bit of a hangover from some, from some players. They win, you know, the tournament in, in the week before and crash out first round. It's just, he's played a lot of tennis. He reached the Queen's semis as well. So I don't know if that all just caught up with him today um and obviously called as a very tough person to come up against in your first match.
0: Yeah because we we've seen I think this you know in these in this first round we have seen instances I think of too much tennis catching up with people. We'll come on to it in in a bit but Petkovic against Sloane Stephens she had um, you know I think she had to play twice in in one day on on Friday in in uh, Bad Homburg um <laughs> And, you know, maybe that kind of catch caught up with her. So yeah, definitely could have been one of those kind of situations. Um, just talking about the Brits as well today. Dan Evans came through a very tricky opponent in Fisiano Lopez, made it quite simple in the end, three sets. Um, that was a very, I think that was a very solid, very routine victory against what could be what could have been potentially quite a a banana skin
1: yeah i i don't think dan lost his serve at all in that match i was sort of following the score so i was was on the court over from that and um clinched that first set took the second very comfortably and and again sort of then clinched the third so um very very impressive i thought that could have yeah it could have been a, a five setter that you know Feliciano lopez on a grass court um i know there was a lot of um Talk about the Feliciano Lopez and his, his sort of greying beard. I think that's, that's <laughs> attracting a lot of people. <laughs> um, but yeah, we love a bit of Lopez on a grass court, but I'm really pleased Evans has come through that. And Cam Norrie, you know, we saw step onto court right at the end of the day as well today. Dropped the first set after having set points, which was pretty frustrating. Um, but he'll be hoping to come back tomorrow and rectify that.
0: I mean, just on the women's side, I mean, Samsonova had a very good... Result against Kanepi, four and two, carrying on that really kind of good form that she's been showing. Kerber as well. I feel like Kerber could be, Kerber could be a dark horse. She started a bit, it was a bit of a difficult start, I think, against Stojanovic. I think she went three love down, but she came through in the end, four and three. Again, she might be, you know, now that Serena Williams is out, I think people were looking at that as seeing a, a Kerber Serena round three. That's not happening, but again, that potentially could open up for, for uh, for Kerber and and finally Krichevva um came through against Clara Torson 6 3 6 2 so there are seen some very i think good routine wins uh you know for some players that we haven't really you know who've who've made i think that transition from clay to grass quite well and you know been taking care of some you know potentially some um, some dangerous some dangerous players who are also making names for themselves on the tour
1: yeah I was quite pleased Kerber won because I have her in my uh semi-finals I think I, I think I have <laughs> um but she won in Bad Homburg on, on the weekend didn't she so mm. um and that's Stoyanovich I think Stoyanovich had a really long match with Joe Condra at Nottingham so I, I did think she might be a bit tricky uh which proved to be the case early on um and as for Obviously, no hangover yet from the French Open. It, it may come uh, later in the tournament, but I was, I was pleased she got a win under her belt and, you know, didn't crash out in the first round like a sits pass, for example. Um, but let's take a quick break now, uh, and then we'll be back very shortly uh, to talk about all the results from day one. So don't go anywhere. <laughs>
0: This episode of The Passing Shot is sponsored by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming to ensure you can always have new balls, please.
1: And just in time for the grass court season, Manscaped have launched their fourth generation trimmer, the appropriately titled Murr 4.0.
0: Over lockdown, tending to my nether regions has become an important routine, including the all-important issue of ball trimming. I love the lawnmower's smooth, comfortable grooming experience that gives me next-level attention to detail.
1: And it makes an excellent gift for a male partner, friend or family member who maybe has a bit too much ball fuzz down there. So the Lawnmower 4.0 will serve up a right treat.
0: Use Manscaped now with our exclusive code PSPOD20 to get 20% off and free worldwide shipping at manscaped.com. That's PSPOD20. Links in the description. Your balls will thank you.
1: This is The Passing Shot with Joel and Kim, supported by DownloadTennis.com. And now we're going to take a look back to day one of Wimbledon. Uh, Monday, which also saw some rain, uh, some play under the roof, some Brits in action and, well, um, some upsets as well. Uh, So a whole day full of uh, drama and surprises. I guess we've got to start with Andy Murray, though, Joel. Um, I think he put you through your paces a bit uh, on Monday (laughs) evening. I think the whole nation were tuned in. It was uh, all (laughs) very dramatic. He uh, was two sets and five love up against Nicolas Basilashvili. And then it all kind of changed, didn't it?
0: Um, I I had a really funny feeling in my stomach um, when Bas/Slashvili took that third set. It was a very, it was very surprising. Even you know, regardless of how little tennis Andy Murray has played, you you know, ninety nine times out of 100, a hundred, when a player is leading someone, even at club level, six four, six three five love you expect that person to win and when you you got you got that sinking feeling really as as that set kind of developed and you know massive credit to Bastashvili for for you know not I think imploding you know given it was such a kind of precarious kind of position and, and taking that that third set um but yeah it was it was really kind of nerve jangly times because it it showed again it just showed I think how uh, you know vulnerable Andy Murray is you know he's not had a lot of he's not had a lot of matches and yes he's he might have had practice sets against Roger Federer at Wimbledon but when it comes to you know the real deal uh, you know playing in the main draw against a guy who is a very very solid player you know he's the 20 he's not the 24th seed for no reason um, he he needed to find a way to win and I think Given the lack of time he spent on court, perhaps he he forgot how to win and he definitely looked a bit tight uh, you know, when he was when he was trying to serve for it, particularly with those kind of match points. And I think you could just see in his, his facial expression that and he looked he looked exhausted. And, you know, when the the roof came on, I thought that was a that was a really opportune moment for him to kind of go away, have a shower, and come back and almost kind of refreshed and, and rejuvenated, which is which is what he did. Yeah, I think
1: he was saved by the roof somewhat because he did mm. look a bit better when he came back. And, you know, I think if it had gone straight into that fourth set, I think, you know, could it have very quickly gone away with it, you know, gone gone away from him and could it we have found ourselves very promptly into a fifth? Who knows? I thought, you know, he really did need to to win it as soon as he could because the longer it went on, I it's not so much that he wouldn't have, uh, you know, it's just his body. Um, I think would have, would have, you know, not played ball with what he wanted it to. And it did raise serious questions for me though as to how, how he can actually compete long term at this level if he's too set, like deep in a third and is, is unable to, you know, he looked completely shattered and that shouldn't be the case in your first round match.
0: It, in a funny way, it's it's almost kind of the Murray, the Murray of of you know when he started out his career, where you could you could you could see the t- you know the talent uh, you know exuding from from him, but his body was sort of still kind of developing. And you know maybe arguably at the kind of the end of his you know uh, you know end of his career, maybe he's in a situation where you can still see the talent there, and we saw that talent in in the first two sets. You know, I thought he w- he played absolutely flawless tennis you know his serve was fantastic um you know his movement yes he was trying to drop shot maybe a little bit too often uh and it wasn't necessarily coming off but i think more often than not what he was doing was was working and his his he went in with a game plan and he was he was really he definitely kind of executed it um but as as you said there is going to be that i think that is not a, a question i think in terms of his ability and I think the question is is his body and the longer those matches go on they are going to become you know harder for him to win and it's interesting in that I don't feel like there's a lot of players who lose you know who would lose a set kind of from 5 love up but I also don't think there's not many players who would just come back and and wipe that from their memory and be able to win the fourth set to to kind of see him bounce back and and win that win that in four was it, I mean, to me, it was it was actually the the most probably surprising outcome because I thought this had, you know, even as a Murray fan, I thought this had losing in, in five from two sets up written all over it.
1: Potentially, yeah. I mean, I think being at home, you know, Centre Court crowd probably helped as well. It might have been different if it was in front of an empty, I don't know, Arthur Rash Stadium. Uh, but yeah, obviously... Want Andy to do well. I had put him down to lose in the first round, so I, he did a lot better than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't mean to be like negative <laughs> about his chances, but I think his chances for his second round, you know, are, are much better. He's got Oscar Otter. Uh, who came through against Arthur Rindeneck. I think they're both qualifiers. And that went to a last set tiebreak at 12-all. So they played most of that match on Monday, but they had to come back today for the last bit.
0: That was the second match ever to go to that format, obviously after the... Djokovic, Federer, Wimbledon final, uh, from a few years ago. Um, but yeah, I don't, because it had, hadn't happened before. I think Oscar Otter, uh, at match point, he did actually realize he had won the match. So it was like a pause before he celebrated. So, um, yeah, it was quite funny. But, um, yeah, he is going to be, I don't think, uh, you know, Murray can go into that kind of complacently thinking, oh, it's, you know, it's a qualifier. Um, you know, this guy took two sets off uh you know Sasha Zverev at, at the French Open in, in the first round. Um he's going to be quite dangerous. I think one of the things that might be quite promising for Murray is that I think the, the points will be relatively short. You know, this guy's got a massive serve and I think that might play into kind of shorter points. It'll certainly play into kind of Murray's, you know strength at return of serve as well. Um, but again, I think it will be it will it will be a match I think I think I certainly think it's it's you know given you know the way he kind of came through against Bastashvili, I certainly think um you know he should be coming through this you know given that also this guy is going to have to play 3 3 days in a row but um yeah there might be a might be a few more sort of Murray, a Murray roller coaster in store, maybe, perhaps with a few, maybe a few tie breaks thrown in.
1: Yeah, we need him to channel the the Murray of the first two sets from yesterday. But um, I mean, a, another British male Joel that did uh, very well, I thought, on Monday was Jack Draper, who had the opening match on Centre Court with the five time champion Novak Djokovic, and he went and surprised us all by taking the first set. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, oh my god! I know we were talking about. Uh, Yeah, I think we were speaking about the fact that, oh yeah, Novak Djokovic is just going to walk into the final. He's probably not going to drop any sets. And what happened? First set, he loses it. And I think that was the first time he has dropped a set in the Wimbledon first round since 2010. So, I mean, that just shows you how impressive and how, how high a level Jack Draper was playing in that first set.
1: Yeah, I was really impressed because there were multiple times when Novak had opportunities to break back and Jack held on throughout that first set and obviously the the last three sets were quite par for the course and you know it was very one-sided but the the fact that Draper managed to to clinch that first set to serve it out I thought yeah it was really fantastic stuff. He didn't show signs of nerves, you know, at the beginning and I mean that just bodes really well for the future um, that he did arrive, you know, on that court and um, showed us what he's made of. And I, I, as well, in that match there were there were quite a few slips quite early on. So I don't know if Novak was quite tentative, you know, in that initial phase. Uh, you know, just seeing seeing where it's at, you can understand that if so. But yeah, I, I was really overall. Um, I thought it was a fantastic debut for uh, for Jack Draper. You
0: just, you just get the sense with the, the Wimbledon crowd kind of watching that match that Novak Djokovic could win 20 Wimbledons or, or he could win, you know, five more. And if he came up against a British player, he would still, the, 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 the audience would still not, I think, kind of cheer for him. It was, it was certainly like all very much kind of Jack Draper. And I wonder if that was maybe because obviously he's British, but maybe they wanted to see a bit more of a, a match on their hands. But I mean, Novak Djokovic came through it. I think what particularly looked good. Uh, you know, particularly in sets two, three and four was his serving. Um, Again, he hit over, I think, 20 aces, which is the third time he's done this year. And I think one of the things that he has done, um, you know, is one shot that has certainly, I think, helped him be in the form that he is in is his, his serve, which is something that we don't really, I think, have, have really kind of spoken about in, in terms of the Novak Djokovic game. But it's certainly kind of getting him off to a good start, I think, in points and you know the the number of free points that he's getting by hitting aces which is not something we expect from from a Novak Djokovic I think is a bit of a warning sign to the you know the rest of the field
1: when he's firing down an ace against Rafa Nadal, I'm definitely thinking about Novak's serve. I can tell <laughs> you that. But yes, we talk a lot about his returning capabilities, but um, we forget, obviously. Well, we, you know, we don't appreciate enough perhaps his other his other capabilities. Um, but yeah, obviously, <laughs> he's extremely solid throughout. Um, I mean, let's just have a look at the other kind of major events from from Monday, uh, sitsapas you know french open finalist he's gotten the way of many previous french open finalists and consequently lost in the first round of wimbledon i think we've seen that happen to dominic thiem uh the, the two years where he would got to the final of roland garros he he went out immediately at, at wimbledon i think it also happened to stan wawrinka and um, yeah, he lost in straight sets to Francis TFO. Not a surprise in the sense that he lost. I think I was surprised that it was straight sets, to be honest. I thought if he was going to lose, it might be five sets Um, or actually six past might have just proved us wrong and, you know, <laughs> come through quite easily. But yeah, it just, he, I mean, TFO is really good. You know, he's had some good, good results of late he, and he's, I think most importantly, had branches on grass. Sissipas was coming in completely cold. I think it really showed
0: the transition. I mean, it, this, this match alone. And as you said, those stats about, you know, French Open finalists and how they do at, at Wimbledon. Um, it just shows you that the transition from clay to grass is, is so hard. Um, and, you know, even the top, top guys like Sissipas are still trying to learn that. And I think he would have realized that he can't just turn up at Wimbledon and expect to do his thing. Um, You know, like maybe he could do like on a, on a hard court, for example, or a surface that maybe feels more kind of natural to him. And, and maybe he will, you know, ideally will need to be able to, uh, you know, look at his calendar and be able to have at least one lead up event. Um, You know, he's not, you know, he's not Novak Djokovic. I mean, even Novak Djokovic had, you know, teething problems with that kind of first set. Um, yes he played the the doubles in Mallorca but I think it just shows that even for the the top top guys they can't just expect to kind of come into this tournament and start as a start as a favorite and you know the fact that Tiafo, who you know played Queens you know he's played I think he's played just generally the the kind of the British tournaments um, in the build-up able to kind of get matches under his belt um, really kind of helped him and you know there's something I really love about Tiafo is that he's such a he's such a crowd pleaser i think and his game it's just very entertaining and i think you know he spoke about the fact that you know i think in his kind of press match post match press conference he talked about you know at the end of the day it's not i have to it's i get to and i love that sort of as i said that positive kind of belief and and attitude and approach that he has when he comes to playing you know the you know the favorites or the you know the seeded players you know syspass is four in the world and he's looking at like this is a great, you know, it's a great experience for me. I get to play Cisepas, I get to be on court one. There are all these fans here, and I love that sort of positivity and enthusiasm that he has. And I think that sort of um, echoes, I think, with the crowd who who understand that and. That I think brings out his, his best game.
1: Yeah, I love the the way he phrased it. Like it's not that I have to, it's it's I get to. And I I was reading about that sort of mentality a while back, you know, when you sort of <laughs> we sometimes moan, Oh, I've got to work. It's like, well actually, you know, you think I get to work, I get to do this, I get to do all these things. Look at it from that from that perspective and it does make a difference.
0: Benoit Père certainly though is in the <laughs> it's, it's 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 I have to, isn't it? He
1: came out today to finish his match and I don't think he won more than four points, perhaps. I, I, he lost uh, the, the, that the third set to Schwartzman to love, and it was like on and off in a flash.
0: Leani, the the umpire, was begging him to show some more, uh, show some more effort. Um, and uh, yeah, Benoit Paire in response said, "I play for myself, not the people," um, which was not a you know another. I think thing we can put in the Benoit Paire diary scrapbook uh, for this season. We know he's not you know he's not comfortable but he's just sort of chugging along but um yeah i mean you, you felt maybe he could have done a little bit more against Schwartzman you know a player who we know is very good on on clay but doesn't really have a, a grass court pedigree but you know the fact that he got bagged in that that third set i mean it it says it all really but um yeah bit i'd get uh, obviously a bit disappointing but uh you know particularly i think for the crowds i think i, I think i heard kim some one someone in the crowd shout during that, that match, um, stop wasting our time. Um,
1: <laughs> oh so my gosh. I oh. think,
0: I think the, the crowd is certainly turning on on Benoit Pair, And, you know, even if there are, there are no fans up till this moment, it's been very sparse. More fans come back. I think they're going to be more, the more like that if they're, you know, paying to get into the grounds.
1: Yeah, it's pretty abysmal, really, uh, from, from Benoit Paire. Um, but let, let's have a, uh, let's have another look back to see what happened. Uh, I think I just in a couple of other notable results, I guess, from yesterday, Sloan Stevens knocking out Kavitifa, who was in our collector set. And, you know, she's gone. Not
0: a great day. It, was, Kim, it was not a great day for our collector set, was it, on day on day no, one? No, and
1: I thought when Andy was almost like potentially going to lose, I thought oh, that's 50% of them already gone. Um But yes, uh, Sloane Stevens came through in in straight sets against Kvitova. Like, I did think that this would be a really tough match, but I, yeah, I was perhaps a bit surprised at the scoreline. But again, perhaps Kvitova, you know, she'd obviously just come over from Germany I guess, on, on the Saturday and, you know, hadn't really had much time to to bed herself into Wimbledon, you know, before she's suddenly on, on centre court and up against, you know, a former Slam champion. So it was pretty unceremonious, wasn't yeah. it? I mean, 6, three, six four.
0: I mean, we, we, you know, we saw Sloane Stephens had a really good French Open. She seemed to have, you know, she's had a very difficult start to the year. Uh, you know, I think there were, you know, there's a, a lot of, Uh, other circumstances were involved there but I think it's really great to see her kind of rediscovering the kind of form of old and you know she hadn't had a top 10 uh she hadn't had a win against a top 10 player since the 2018 WTA finals going into the French Open but now she has Two top ten wins in her last two tournaments. She beat Pliskova at the French Open. Now she's beaten Kvitova at Wimbledon. So she really is, I think, starting to to put it back together. And um yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's really it's really great to see because I think that you know she is is probably one of the players on the on the tour, you know, on both the ATP and WTA tours. Who's probably learned a lot about herself and, you know, because of, you know, the pandemic and, you know, how it's impacted her. And it looks like she's through on the, you know, the other side now. And it's really, I think, you know, getting back to the tennis court and she's getting back to to playing really, really good tennis.
1: Yeah. And getting these wins, she may not, you know, go on to go that deep in the tournament, but it's all going to build up, Mm. I think, to a point where she does. So it may not be this tournament, but it, it will all help her get back get back there um i mean it was real shame that we didn't have joe conter um in the draw obviously we found out on the eve of the tournament that she has had to withdraw because she's been deemed a close contact of someone that's come and come down with covid and tested positive i think it was like her trainer one of her team so you know she's been ruled out um so she was actually due to play today i think so i think yafan wang came in as a lucky loser um to, to well in is scheduled to play in Yakova, so yeah, that's just rotten luck, especially on the eve of the tournament. You know, literally, you have no control. Sometimes with with COVID, it, it, obviously, it's just it, everything's uncertain, and we we've seen this happen before. And it's it's such a shame it had to happen to her at, at her home tournament. It's just yeah, awful.
0: Oh uh, yeah, it's a really it was a really sad situation um you know a lot of heartfelt tweets going out out to her in in terms of support i think she's kind of responded um i'm not you know we're not sure you know what what's her feeling in the camp you know i, I it's it's just yeah it's just un- it's just very very unfortunate this is her home grand slam you know she had that uh tournament win um earlier on in was it nottingham, nottingham, nottingham Birmingham, nottingham she wasn't able to play eastbourne and I think she would just be very frustrated. You know, she would have felt that she was in good form, uh, you know, had some match wins under her belt um, and maybe could have come in here and, and continued that momentum. But unfortunately, it's been kind of stunted again. And uh, yeah, it's just, really, it's just really annoying because we had Heather Watson play and unfortunately she lost to Christy Arn, a lucky loser, um, 8-6 in the third. Again, from a British point of view, quite disappointing if we're going to be honest Um, she had a
1: match point she had a match point and it's kind of classic heather watson at a slam um she was very very close and christiane you know is no mug she was she was very decent and but hev really should have got over the finish line and it's very frustrating
0: (laughs) interestingly christiane was saying if if covid hadn't happened she she would have already had played her last tennis season but she felt like she she didn't want to go out in that way so uh she's she's playing this season I think this is going to be her last so she I think she described this win as the the cherry on top really um so you know great great result for her but um yeah disappointing kind of for Watson but a good result for for Liam Brody who Kim was six through six four six three five love up and went on to win 6-4, six, 6-3, six, 6 love.
1: Indeed. And I, do you know what? I, I thought Brody would win quite comfortably because Cecinato is not known for his prowess on a grass court. And, you know, we saw Brody beat TFO in, in Eastbourne and I just had a feeling. I thought well, that's a really decent draw. And I'm so pleased that he managed to, to come through like really safely, uh, <laughs> without any drama. Uh, it's quite, you know, rare for that to happen. Um, for a Brit. So yeah, I, I don't know who he's got in the next round actually, but I'm hoping it's like reasonable um uh, you know because uh, we've all had some other Brits that have unfortunately fallen by the wayside we've had Harriet Dart lose today against Elise Mertens and Frances Franch- J, J, J Clark. Clark to to Grasimov yeah. Yeah. um Fran Fran Jones actually looked quite good yes. I
0: thought against Koko. off yeah.
1: quite quite it's yeah, fine. it was 7564, I think. And yeah, she was very impressive because I thought that could be very one-sided, actually. Um, but yeah, I thought that she put up a really good show of herself. So, um, yeah, really positive result for, for, for Fran. Um, and then, I mean, let's just have a quick look ahead tomorrow, Joel, because, I think well, you're on Centre Court, aren't you, Joel? Um, very lucky. Exciting. You've got Andy, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you've got Katie Boulter against Sabalenka, so that could be quite interesting. I mean, I expect Sabalenka to win that, but hopefully Katie will put up quite a fight.
0: Yes, uh, yeah, I am excited for tomorrow. We also got Novak Djokovic versus Kevin Anderson, mm. which is a repeat former final. Of, yeah, former final uh, in round two, which is uh, a bit of a treat as well. So, um, yeah, very very uh very nice um yeah very nice order of play for me but i mean let's be honest with the rain that we've had over the last couple of days the court scheduling for tomorrow is absolutely stacked i think particularly on the the outside courts so some really 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 strong uh schedules of play i think particularly on number two and, and number three court um you know i'm interested particularly to see how that cam nori lucas pui match goes on that very mm. that feels very much in in the balance and that second set will be you imagine very very crucial i mean you've got sviontek versus vonareva could be quite fun andrescu versus Cornet as well to open up uh, number two court, that could be uh, a long, that could be quite, long match. <laughs> yeah, could be very, I'm expecting to see some Cornet sort of aggro. She's going to be angry with herself, or she's going to have some arguments with the umpire. I feel like there's going to be some. It's going to be. I feel that could be quite a feisty
1: match. Or could there be an Andrescu retirement?
0: Oh, what are well, the chances? Actually,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's some great. Oh, I hope not. I hope the not. The outside courts will be stacked because they've got so much to catch up on. Uh, Gail is back on court 12, uh, to try and finish <laughs> third day in a, on a row. Um, I wonder if they fix the seating so they can actually be fans at that one. Uh, be interesting. Uh, I've got court three tomorrow, Joel. So I've got, I'm really pleased. I've got Fernando Vadasco against Grigor Dimitrov. <laughs> oh yes, um, and a bit of Muguruza. Actually, Muguruza was steamrolling her way through her first round match. So <laughs> yes, against Fiona Ferro it was
0: <laughs> it was absolute destruction, wasn't it? Muguruza was not waiting around in round one. Was yeah, she? it's what
1: we like to see. Um, oh, Liam Brody's got Schwartzman. That. That's. I think that's not a bad draw for Brody. Actually, I think he could do quite well there. Give him a run for his money. Um. But yeah, we'll. There's so much. Hopefully, the next few days will not have any rain, and we'll be able to get through, get back to the schedule. And when we do our next catch up uh, on Thursday night, uh, we will be you know uh all up to date and uh (laughs) you know talking about the tennis (laughs) rather than the weather uh but that would be that would be ideal um I'll also we'll we'll be updating our collector set as the tournament progresses I think a lot of um people unfortunately got Sitspas and Kvitova wrong um they've both gone out in the first round but we did have a couple that got got it right so uh, well done to uh joanna she got six pass right and then i think four four people got kovitova correct going out in the first round so uh well done to those and everyone who's also submitted their predictions thank you for getting involved um we wish you all the best of luck um as the tournament goes on um
0: (laughs) kim let's let's just let's just get this out of the way let's just do let's just get our picks out the way because i mean
1: do we have to we didn't
0: we well we, okay listeners. We, we we're gonna be fully transparent with you these are the these are the picks that we put out um <laughs> our own set uh, before round one started so <laughs> i had sissa pass in the quarterfinals, completely wrong um i also had kvitova reaching the semi-finals <laughs> um, completely wrong um and then of, of the ones who are still live, uh, I've got Berrettini getting to the semi finals. I've got Murray getting to round three. Um, and I think he might lose to Shapovalov, unfortunately. But, um, I've got Rybakina reaching round four and I've got Coco Goff reaching round three as well. I think Goff, I think I could be wrong. I think Goff could come up against Belinda Benchich in round three. So that's where I'm thinking her road might end. Uh, but that's, that's my, those are my kind of collector set predictions.
1: Yeah, don't worry, Joel. I also had Sitsipas and Kvitova reaching the quarters, so that's fallen by the wayside. (laughs) Uh, I had Murray round one as well, um, so I I wasn't that annoyed, obviously, that I got that one wrong. Half your pick's already out, Kim. That is... Shocking. I mean, that's
0: impressive. In passing shot kind of realms of Joel and Kim, that is... That is quite impressive.
1: But Berrettini is going to uh, lose in the quarterfinals. Rybakina <laughs> is going to lose in the final and Goff will lose round three and then my other three will be correct. So there we go. Okay. Of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yes, um, we will publish an update at some point throughout the week uh, once we see all of the, the results progress. Uh, so look out for that. But uh, I think that brings us to a close for our, our Monday and Tuesday catch-up. I want to say round yeah. one, but it's not completely done, is it? So... <laughs>
0: yeah. 75% of round one catch-up listeners. Yeah. I hope you've enjoyed. <laughs> um, but yes, uh yeah, listeners, I hope you have I genuinely hope you have enjoyed listening to this kind of catch-up of day one and two at Wimbledon. Remember, if you want to stay up to date on all the action at Wimbledon, to subscribe to us on your podcasting platform of choice, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Castbox, Stitcher, or you can listen to us on the download tennis.com app as well and if you have been enjoying listening to the show and you want want to help the show out make sure to leave us a rating and comment on apple podcasts
1: and you can follow us on social media we're on twitter instagram and facebook at passing shop pod so do give us a give us a like and a follow if you don't already uh, you can contact us on all of those social channels um, but if you prefer you can also let us know your thoughts and feedback and any questions you may have uh, via email we are on passing at gmail.com.
0: And we will be back on Thursday evening for our round two and the rest of round one round by round catch up. So I hope you can join us for that and we will see you again soon.